Welcome to the CF Podcast. This is Derek Pumther joining us today. Hey, today we're going to dig into a topic that impacts every single one of us. I think it's actually one of the most powerful influences in our life. And the topic that we're digging into is identity. Specifically, we're going to talk about the battle of identity, how many things are trying to give us identity to speak into who we really are. So I would love for you to grab your Bible, grab some notes, and let's dig in to see what God says about our identity. Yeah, let's just pray together, Lord. Thank you for the fact that we can declare these truths today. And I pray that the truth of the fact that that you came to set us free, that it wouldn't just be a thought that we have, but it would be a reality that we experience. Yeah, Lord, I just, I know so many of us just, man, if we feel like we're not free, and yet the truth of the cross, the truth of the resurrection is that we are already set free. <laughs> it's just, it's just actually believing what you've said about us. And so, Lord, I just release right now your freedom and your peace in this room. And we say no to shame. And I just feel like there's some people probably just beating themselves up this morning, saying, I shouldn't have done that. I, could, I, I can't believe I did that. And I just feel like the Lord is just, just shh. Get your eyes on the cross. Believe what I've said, that you are loved and valued so much so that my son would come to the earth to live among you. And he would lay down his life as a definitive statement that you are seen, that you are loved, you are valued, and that God longs to walk with you. I think all of us need to be reminded of that. We're seen by God. He's the God who sees. He sees it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. He sees it all, and yet he still says, I, I long to walk with you. I long to be in a relationship with you. I want to love you with an everlasting love. I want to run with you and partner with you. So, Lord, the truth of that song, we just say yes. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the truth that you, you are the one who speaks over us. You sing over us and you pray over us and we thank you for that today. Lord, as we lean into this truth of your scriptures today, we ask that the Holy Spirit would guide us into truth. I pray that the seeds that we planted today would go down in a good soil and would grow up and yield much fruit. Lord, thank you for the way you're going to set us free today with your truth. I praise you in your name alone. Amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I want us to take a moment and I want us to pray into one more thing, but go ahead and have a seat. Uh, this, uh, this week I had the privilege of, of being in Washington, D.C., uh, for a few days with, with my wife and, and, and a large group of people. And uh, two things, I want to encourage you that there are people in Washington, D.C. that love Jesus. Can we just say thank you, Jesus, for that? 
Um, there are people who um, really desire to serve our nation in Washington, D.C. And sometimes it's hard to believe that, but I'm telling you, it, it is true, right? And what was so encouraging in, in my time there, we were with both Republicans and Democrats, and on both sides of the aisle, um, they were willing to come together to pray. Yeah, somebody got it right there. I'm going to say that again. Republicans and Democrats in both the House and the Senate decided to come together to pray. And actually, this year was the largest gathering of, of the House. There were over 250 elected officials in the House and Senate that came together Tuesday morning with President Biden and prayed for our nation. Isn't that good news? Like, we should get excited that all we hear is negative, but I'm telling you, there's some good things, amazing things that God is doing. So here's what I want us to do this morning. Uh, I want us to take a moment, and I want to, uh, to pray for our government leaders, okay? Um, as you know, we're entering into an election season that's going to be very interesting. And... Um, and the world is going to go out at one way, but I'm telling you, the people of God have an opportunity to be a different set of a model for our country in this season. And I don't think the model that God wants for us in this election season is to be just like everybody else. He says, do not be conformed to the world, especially in political seasons, but what? Be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind. That means we don't just believe what the world believes. We actually have a higher hope, right? And so I want us to take a moment, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of if you're, you know, liberal, conservative, we've got all kinds of things in the mix. Um, regardless of what you are, can we just take a moment and can we just lift up um, the leaders of our country? We know that's what the scriptures do, tell us to do, to pray for those that are in authority, that God actually places all authority, which is super humbling for us to think about sometimes. And so would you partner with me? Can you just close your eyes? Let's just, let's just lift up those that are in uh, political office. And maybe you lift up a few by name. And why don't we just start by just thanking the Lord for our nation and the freedom that we have. Just all over the room. Can we just thank the Lord for the freedoms that we have. Lord, we thank you that today that we can gather in public and we can proclaim our faith, that we can sing and pray in freedom today. May we not take that for granted. We thank you, Lord, for the nation that we live in, for the season that we're in, so we thank you, and, and we pray right now, as your word has directed us, for our leaders, for every level, our local leaders, our, our state senators and congressmen and women. We pray for President Biden, and we pray right now for all of them um, that they would that they would have a revelation of the truth of the one true God. That they would know your love deeper in this season, that they would be set free from lies and false identities that are so easily entangle us. 
And I pray for heaven's wisdom, not man's wisdom, but heaven's wisdom. I pray for other men and women to come around these elected officials to, um, to speak truth. We pray for our nation that we would be a people that turn to you. That we wouldn't be so arrogant and prideful, but that we would humble ourselves and cry out to you, knowing that you'll hear our cries and you'll heal our land. And so we bless the United States of America. And we ask that your kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody said, Amen, amen. I want to encourage you during the season um, as things are ramping up. I'm, I'm actually hoping to, to teach a little bit on uh, politics and all this fun stuff that we got going on in the world uh, here as we get a little closer to the election. But I do want to encourage you as we're heading that way, as literally all the news channels are going to be making more and more noise and uh, comments about things that you would not just watch, but you would watch and pray. It's a big difference. Watch, watch, be aware for sure, but don't just watch, watch and pray and, um, and ask the Lord that he would keep your heart tender and align with him in this season. Also today uh, is our first Sunday of February, so it is Black History Month. And so I want to encourage you, as we always do at the church, you know, Black History Month is not just um, a month where it's like, hey, yeah, that's good. Let's like say that. But like Black History Month at its core is a season for our nation to lean in and to learn about our history, right? It's a season for us to learn about the leaders in the black community that have greatly impacted our country. And so through the month, um, I want to encourage you, um, maybe read something you've never read before. Maybe listen to a podcast from somebody you've never listened to a podcast from. But let's like actually be present and aware of the amazing impact the black community has made in our society as we celebrate that this month. Uh, we'll put some things out this on social media and whatnot, I think, over the, the next month, too, to encourage us to lean in and to learn and to grow as a community uh, as we give thanks for the diversity of our nation, which is beautiful. Well, today I, I'm really, really pumped because we're going to lean into a topic that uh, I believe is extremely important. Uh, I actually believe it's one of the things that uh, God cares most about. And yet it's a topic, it's a, it's a thing that we're going to talk about that is easily, easily skewed and missed. All right, today uh, we're going to start a series around identity, identity. Now, word identity, what does that mean? It, it literally, what it means, it's a deeply held belief about who I am. It's a deeply held belief about who I am. It's what I actually believe about myself. It's the convictions that I have and who I am. And out of that flows all kinds of things in our lives. And so you could say quite, quite easily that, that it is anything that I say, I am fill in the blank. That is part of your identity. I am, and we do this all the time, I am, fill in the blank, that's kind of who I am, right? And God, when he was with Moses, Moses was like, man, who should I tell him, like, is talking to me and telling me these things? He said, what did God say? He said, I am that I am, right? So God's response, his identity statement that he had to Moses was, I am. And in doing so, I mean, it's a little... We don't get it from the surface reading, but really what he's saying is, I am the one who was, 
is and always will be. In that statement, it's saying that he is the self-existent one, that his essence, the who he is, is not dependent on creation. I am, and I always will be. Jesus comes on the scene, and he is the image of the invisible God. And so if you want to know what God looks like, we always encourage you. Man, Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So do you want to know what the Father looks like? Look to the Son. Look to Jesus. And any view you have of the Father that is not aligned with Jesus, you better question your view of the Father. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and John, uh, the, the author, captures these beautiful I am statements from Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. That's always a fun one for me. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. See, these statements are identity statements, and they communicate to us and help us have a deeper understanding of who God is, what he's like. And so over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to dig deep dive into identity, specifically not so much God's identity, but, but who he says we are. Now, here's the thing with identity is there are real true identities, and there's also these identities that we have come to believe. And so in an effort to help us understand that, I've, I've tried to delineate the two kinds of identities into... Um, into two things, and here it is. It is uh, lived identity and true identity, or uh, as I put in my notes here, sacred identity. So lived identity and true identity. We're going to break these down today of what these are because every single one of us honestly have a mingling of the two of these in our hearts right now, in our minds right now. We have a two of these, and the hope is to move um, uh, for the lived identity to become more and more integrated and in line with the true identity. <laughs> That's the journey that we're all on. And I think this is important because I believe that identity is one of the most powerful forces that impacts us every moment of our lives. Your belief of who you are, <laughs> your belief of what you're here for greatly impacts our lives. And so in a lived identity, what is lived identity? Identity, it's a deeply held belief about yourself that is formed through experiences, relationships, and self-reflection. So lived identity is I've experienced life, and therefore I have come to believe some things about myself, okay? And all of us have these, right? We, we've, we've had people speak things over us, good or bad. We've had experiences in life that, that made us feel good about ourselves or maybe feel bad about ourselves. And, and so I put together just a, a common list of identities that I think most of us can relate to in the room. Some common identities, young or old. I am young. <laughs> I am old. Now, here's the interesting part. You can have someone who's 40 who thinks they're old. And you can have somebody who's 80 who thinks they're young, Right? And so it's really way more of a belief. And here's the crazy thing about the power of this belief. If I'm 40 and I believe I'm old, I live life in a certain way. But if I'm like my friend Tom down in Texas, if he's almost 90 and he still feels like he's young, let me tell you, he is going after all kinds of things. 
See, it's what we believe about ourselves. It's not just young or old. It's I'm wealthy or I am poor. Let me tell you, that belief right there will impact a lot of your life. Or this one, I am what I do. Hmm. I am my vocation. I am my job. I am my unemployment. Ooh, that one might touch home. I am what I do. I am how popular I am. (laughs) How many people like me? How many people listen to me? Social media has definitely helped that one out a whole lot. (laughs) Likes, shares, follows. I am healthy. I am sick. Wow, both of these are identities, right? Like so many people, what's crazy is they have an experience in life and they go through a sickness, an illness, and it's not just I, I went through that. That illness has now become who I am. Isn't it interesting that Jesus came along, uh, a gentleman at the side of the pool, and he says, do you want to be well? Doesn't everybody want to be well? Actually, no. Because here's the thing about, about illness and and, and, and illness is, is a macro level. I'm talking about mental, physical, emotional. There's a thing about illness when we allow it to not just be something that happens in our life but becomes an identity, we actually can start to think, I don't know who I would be if I wasn't sick. Mm. And guess what that tells our body? Let's stay sick then. See, there's so much power in how we identify ourselves, right, in our beliefs about who we are. Or, or another one is that the I am statements around political associations or religious associations or other types of things. When these lived identities become a priority, when they become the top, man, it gets really weird, really odd. See, what I believe is that businesses, political parties, religious sects, social media, peer groups, and even Satan, the enemy, is trying to define our identity. And today, I just want to, like, sober us up. And, like, I, I felt like today, I just want to, like, shake us a little bit, like, shake us alive. Like, let's, let's not just be um, in the current of the world. Like as, as people of God, as the people that have had a revelation of Jesus and come into this beautiful relationship with God or now are walking with him, let's not just be conformed to the world anymore. And so today is me just trying to gently, maybe a little bit more than gently, shake us a little bit and say, stop buying into the world. Stop buying into the lies of the enemy. Because I'm telling you, the world understands identity, unfortunately, more than I think the people of God do. Let me just read to you this, 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 this gentleman. His name is Dr. He's got an amazing name, Americus. Isn't that an amazing name? Dr. Americus Reed II. So his daddy had a great name. He's a brand identity theorist. Oh, wow. Did you know there was such a thing out there? I had no idea. He works with companies, large companies, to help them in their branding in a way that you identify with them. I'm telling you, this is super intentional. So this is just a a wake-up call to the reality of our consumeristic culture. This is happening with big companies. Let me tell you what he says about this. He says, identity loyalty. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Identity loyalty is not just about being a fan of a brand. It's about the brand becoming an extension of your self-identity. Oh, This deep connection goes beyond product features, making the brand an integral part of your life. 
the power of a brand to communicate its values and become part of your identity. This is intentional. To become part of your identity, that's what identity loyalty is all about. Identity loyalty transforms consumers into brand ambassadors. Hmm. Not by chance. You not only willingly pay more for the chosen brand, but, it also, but you also defend it against the competition because it feels like a part of you. This potential internal switching cost keeps you loyal to your brand, providing marketers with highly engaged audiences. See, the marketplace and the world, man, understand the power of identity. And I, I want to also say it's not just the marketplace. Let me tell you, politicians recognize the power of your identity. And just like a brand, the holy grail of politicians is for your most powerful I am statement of your life to be, I am filling the political party. <laughs> and when you, I am the political party, this is what you'll do. You'll defend it against everybody. You will think everybody who isn't that is the enemy. <laughs> Ooh, are we living in that right now? And you will never question what that party is because you know what? It's become part of who you are. And so here's the wake-up call for all of us. It's let's not let that happen. Let's not just be naive and think everybody is trying to be out for our best interests. They're not. They actually want something from you. The world system wants something from you. They want to have power from you. And every political party, I don't care which side it is, left, right, middle of the road, whatever. Listen, their hope and their dream in this season is to get you to so associate with them that your identity is wrapped up in your political party. And I'm telling you, that's not what God has for you. It's not what he longs to do. And here's the truth that we have in the scripture is, is that in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks, so he is. And that can be really good or it can be really, really negative, right? As a man thinks, as a man's thoughts are about himself, about his neighbor, about God, that is who we Become. And so the scriptures make it time and time again, they make it clear like this is actually who you are. This is what God says about you. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to no, who you are because here's the power in it. Who we believe we are is who we become. And so my question today is who do you believe you are? That, that's not like a, a, a Christian-y, like a Sunday morning question. Like that's a deep, deep question. What is the deepest core belief about who you are? And honestly, I think it would be worth this week thinking about this, digging into this question. You know, we say this often, but uh, at Christ Fellowship, our messages never end with a period, they end with a comma, because the hope is that you will continue the conversation with God. And so this week, Maybe the, the, the question that you take to the Lord in prayer is, is, what is the deepest core belief that I have about myself? And the follow-up question that I've been thinking about a lot this week is, what story am I believing about myself?
What's the narrative that I'm coming into agreement with? And the tricks of the enemy are, are many, but I do think one of the primary ways the enemy works in our life to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy is to get us to prioritize our lived identity above who God says we are. And so maybe you can relate to this, but let's say... Um, the story that we're believing, let's say you're an entrepreneur and, and you've had three or four companies that you started that, that haven't panned out. And so, so the enemy of your soul is, is saying this, you're a failure. I don't know if you ever heard that before. I've heard that a lot of times. You're a failure. You're never going to make it. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to take your performance and make it your identity. Because how many of you know... In life, you will fail. Anybody else? Can we just say, anybody with gray hair in here, can you just say life? Come on, somebody say yes. You're gonna, if you live life long enough, if you're trying to do things, you will fail, right? And so the enemy in, in, in life's course, listen, you will fail. You'll fail at a lot of things. It's actually part of growth. It's part of, of, of stretching and expanding. But the enemy, when you fail, here's what he wants you to do. You are a failure. Insane. He wants you to say, I am a failure versus I'm a person who has, what, failed. Massive difference in the story that we're believing. And when I believe that I'm a failure, it has a huge impact on tomorrow. Or, or like, man, I don't know about you, but like there's been seasons in my life where I've struggled with sin. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe, maybe you're way above that. You've already graduated. But there's been seasons, I think, for all of us where we've struggled with sin. And so when we give into that sin, you know what the enemy is there? See, I knew you were fake. I knew none of that stuff was real. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Does God, would God really love you, Derek? If he knew what you were doing, would he really like say he wants to be associated with you? And all these lies. And in that moment, the real spiritual warfare is who am I going to agree with? What story am I going to believe? Am I a born again, walking man of God who has sinned or have I now slipped into I'm a sinner and this is just who I am. This is how it's always going to be. See, the story that we believe drastically impacts the future that we experience. You could say it this way, is that the story you believe today about yourself will write the next chapter of your life. It's not minor. It's not a, okay, maybe I'll talk, think about that someday. No, no, no. Like, it's of utmost importance what you believe about yourself. Because what we believe today and the story that we believe today about who we are, it sets the course for the next chapter of our life. So what is the core belief that you have about yourself? What story today are you believing that's paving the road that you're going to be walking tomorrow? I've heard it said that we're the most, uh, we're the most important prophet in our own lives. <laughs> Another way to put that is that other than God, you are the most important influence in your life. Others will speak over you, good and bad. Situations will come, but there's one thing that's consistent through our lives, and that's our internal, our internal voice, the voice we speak. 
And so in that internal voice, we need to not just take it as truth. We should say, man, does that align with God? Does it align with the one who is true? And so we have this lived identity. I think all of us would recognize, man, yeah, man, we, I have that today. Like, I can tell you, like, I believe this is who I am because I had this failed marriage or, man, I started this business thing or, man, today I'm just barely getting by my payments and, and or I can't hold a job. We have all these things that we have as these lived identity, but it's not just a lived identity that we have the opportunity to hold on to. We also have a true or a sacred identity. And this is what a true identity is. It's, it's your identity that, that is your, the blueprint in the heart of God when he created you by which he longs to reveal his nature uniquely on the earth. Bob Hamp said that. Your identity is the blueprint in the heart of God. Just think about that for a moment. When he created you by which he longs to reveal his nature uniquely on the earth. And so we believe that, that the true identity is the one that God knit together and you are knit together for the purpose of revealing God on the earth in the only way that you can. We're made in his image and his likeness, right? Or I love how the psalmist, if, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Psalm 139. We, we oftentimes lean into this, especially when we're talking about identity the identity class that we have called I Know. Um, Men really, really dig deep into this passage. I'm going to look at verse 13. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Just think about that for a second. I am fearfully fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that about yourself? He goes on to say, how wonderful are your works. My soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed substance and your books were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. So before you ever took a breath, God had an identity and he wrapped you around it. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. (laughs) If your thoughts about what God is thinking, that's hard to think about, isn't it? That's a lot of thoughts, right? If your thoughts, if your beliefs about what God is thinking about you do not lead you to life, I'm gonna challenge you and say, I don't think those thoughts are God's thoughts. How precious are your thoughts to me, oh God. And so if we look at these two today and we say, okay, true identity or sacred identity and lived identity, I I put together just a a list that helps us delineate between the two. And so a true identity is God-given. He knit us together in our mother's womb. A lived identity is received from others or received from experiences. 
True identity is eternal. From before time, we were created with an identity that was from God, but a lived identity is temporary, right? If I am my work and I get laid off from work, guess what happens to my identity? If I am my wealth and all of a sudden the economy turns and I'm not as wealthy, guess what my identity did? It changed, right? And so uh, a true identity is independent of outcomes, independent of performance, you could say. But a lived identity is typically very dependent upon outcomes and performance. I've got to do, right? This is what the Israelites were, were trying, God was trying to get their identity changed out of them. They came out of Egypt and all they knew was I perform, I put out this number of bricks per hour. And what did God make them do? He said, I want you to rest. I want you to Sabbath. Rest because you're not what you do. (laughs) Your eternal identity is way more powerful than your temporary production identity, right? A true identity is connected to our purpose. A lived identity often hinders our purpose. A true identity from God moves us forward, but a lived identity oftentimes keeps us stuck. So once again, going back to that question, is what is the core beliefs you have about yourself? Does it align more with the true identity? Or today would you be honest and say, man, actually, I'm really living into and embracing the lived identity. It makes a massive impact on our lives. And luckily, uh, we have the scriptures, and the scriptures um, are a megaphone for God, and what they're, they're proclaiming is our true identity. Today, I'm, I want to close with, with this, and then we're going to take a moment, and we're going to pray, but, but true identity can be broken into two things, and next week, uh, next Sunday, I'm going to dive in at a much deeper level on both of these, but I just, uh, I want to give you um, something as we end here with some hope in it, that true identity, what it's made up of, it it is made up of a shared identity and a unique identity, okay? So I'm just giving you a a little teaser for next week. Shared identity and unique identity. You're going to hear this next week in a much deeper way. So God has created us and in in every single follower of Jesus, person in the family of God is, is this twofold. We have a shared identity that we all share, and then we have a unique identity. So, so in the kingdom of God, Derek, I have some things that are true for, for me and Jason and Jamie and Jennifer and Pam and Scott. There are some things that are true for all of us, but there's also a truth that in my identity, there's things about Derek that are unique to anyone else on the earth. Are you guys tracking with me, right? So, so I am... Um, that was a really stupid analogy that flew through my brain. But it's like I am water and I'm also a snowflake. See how stupid that was? I'm like everybody else, H2O, but I'm also deeply unique all at the same time. That was just on the cuff. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Maybe, maybe. But then a snowflake melts and then we all become one. Anyhow, I don't know about that, but maybe I won't use that at 11 o'clock. Anyhow, but we have this... True identity, this is all shared and then unique. And so next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack for you a person in the scripture that went through this journey to understand their shared true identity, but also came to a revelation of their unique identity and how that impacted the rest of their life. Because both of these have huge implications on your future. 
And so as I close today and as the team comes up here to, to lead us, we're going to sing one last song. And it's, it's a beautiful song filled with an amazing truth around identity. But I, I want to give us a list. I want to give us some hopefulness as we're talking about identity today of, of what is true about us as believers. And so I've got, I've got a list here. And, and I've used this list before, but I just want to really settle us as we close out here on some truth. So as a child of God, there's some things that are true about each and every single one of us, right? And today, maybe you just need to be reminded of this. So here's some things that are true. Um, don't, your eyes aren't, our eyes aren't going bad if you see it kind of messed up there. It's all right. It says, uh, I am loved. Maybe after we say, like, I'll say this, and then why don't you just yourself say, I am loved. All right? So I am loved. I am loved. Nothing can change that. There's never been a moment of your victories and your defeats that that has ever been in question. I am loved. I am valued. Wow. Never, ever has God questioned your value. (laughs) Never once. And that's why the cross is so beautiful because it's this exclamation point on all of history saying, I value you. I value you so much that I will give you my son. Oh, you are valued. I am forgiven. Oh, come on, Sam. Come on, get excited about that one. I am forgiven. Like there's not changing that God has forgiven you. That's incredible news. That is good news. That's the gospel. I am forgiven. Wow, what a gift it is. I am worthy. Now we struggle with this sometimes. We're in church, man. I'm supposed to be trash. No, 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 no. Listen, I don't think the God of the universe who laid down his life would say, I'm just like, they're not really worth that much. They drop the ball a lot, but kind of like, no, no, no. God's like, you're worthy. What are you worthy of? You're the worthy of the blood of my son. You're worthy of my life, my death, my resurrection, and my return. So let me tell you it again. I am worthy. Listen to this next one is a struggle. And I'm telling you, we, we fall for this one all the time. This is the enemy in our ear. This is what Adam and Eve felt in the garden. I am not enough is the lie. And so the word of the Lord says to say, you are enough. I am enough. Why? Because you're good enough? No, 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 no. Because he has declared you are enough. You are enough. I am enough. I am one with God. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's say that again. Wow. Like you guys are preaching like amazing, right? You are one with God. There is no more separation. In your mind, in the reality, there's no separation between you and God. I am one with God. Why? Because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. That's twofold. I'm one with him and he's in me. Wow. What incredible truth. What an incredible identity statement. I am free. Come on, somebody say that. I am free. I'm like, I may not experience it. I may not feel free. Guess what? You are free. The jail cells open. The Lord is saying, come on and walk into it today. I've already set you free. But walk with it. I am God's dwelling place. Temples of the most high, where it's holy habitation. I am God's dwelling place. I am an ambassador of Christ. That's who you are. You represent him on the earth. When you leave this place and you go to a restaurant, man, I tell you all the time, if you're wearing a CF shirt, you better tip them well. Why? Because for our glory, no. Honestly, I'd rather you just not wear a shirt if that's the case. I mean, a CF shirt. When you walk the earth, listen, you are representing Christ. 
to a world that doesn't know Christ. You are an ambassador of Christ. I am more than a conqueror. Wow, man, that'll, that'll get you fired up. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know what that does? That gives us a perspective that the world doesn't have. I'm seated at the throne room with Christ. Guess what? I'm not just in the world, but I'm not of the world. I've got a perspective of everything that's going on, politics, economics, wars, all kinds. Of, I've got this perspective. Why? Because I'm seated with Christ. It's part of my identity. I'm not alone. You're not alone. There's never been a day you've been alone. Just like Jesus, all your friends may have left you, all your family left you, but at the very end, this is what Jesus knew, his father was with him. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Everybody else gone, not the one true God, will never leave you nor forsake you. I am blessed. And y'all can say that like Southerners, I am blessed, right? <laughs> but what's that mean? I'm blessed. That, that means I walk in the Lord's favor. I walk in the goodness of God. I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. Mm, mm. I'm fully equipped for life and godliness. Oh. Wow, everything you're facing right now, listen, God has given you enough. His grace is sufficient. Whether you're a teacher trying to figure out a, a challenging student, whether you're a business person that's trying to figure out how to navigate labor shortages, whether you're navigating something in your family or your marriage, listen, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Let's tap into it. Let's believe it. And lastly, I am desired by God. Man, you are his beloved. You, you are where his attention goes. And here's the beautiful thing, just like the Old Testament story where all these false prophets, the prophets of Baal, they had this false God and they were trying to get that God's attention. So what do they do? They screamed and they yelled and they cut themselves and they were trying to get God's attention. Isn't it incredible to think about? You and I don't have to try to get God's attention. It's already on us. Like his, his attention's already on us. Like he's already in our midst and, and he just wants us to more and more become aware that he is the God who's with us, is for us and not against us. And he's speaking truth to set us free. So, Lord, today, I thank you for the truth of the scriptures. We thank you for the truth that, God, you speak over us. Lord, we today as a community, we want to, to recognize when we're living into the false or lived identities that the world serves us, tries to offer us. We just recognize that. That's part of our, our, our rhythms of life that we go ebb and flow where we believe the lies of the world. We believe the lies of others have spoken to us and we just confess that Lord but today our confession is that we want to lean into the true sacred identity that you speak over us that leads us to life that leads us to hope that gives us a future so Holy Spirit would you just continue as we sing this song would you take this truth and put it down deep in our hearts would you unify us as a church, as a community to, to honor you and to love one another really well. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing this last song.